1: Well, welcome one and all to another online business briefing brought to you by smallcapvoice.com where we shine a spotlight on some of the smartest and freshest plays here in the small and microcap markets today. And we're joined once again by Vortex Brands Co. They are a DBA working under the name Vortex Green Energy, the ticker for the company, is VTXB and we're lucky enough to be joined by two guests today, Vortex Brands Co CEO Todd Higley, as well as Bob Widener of TriPack Systems. Let's say hello to Todd first. Todd, how you doing today?
2: Doing good, thanks Stuart.
1: Well thank you for taking the time to call in and Bob Widener. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you, Stuart. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey Bob, if you would let's start with who is TriPack Systems and what is the work you're doing with Vortex brands.
3: TriPack Systems is the name of the company that the Wagner family has used for the development of the product. We designed the service plan in two thousand eleven and polished it up a little bit with the help of Todd Higby. So the best way you could us would be a a cooperation between two separate companies. We will do the manufacturing. I'm looking at selling a license to a manufacturer of a Fortune 500 company that we're working on presently. And Vortex is going to be strictly a cash company. They will be handling all of the consulting with different entities as well as they will do all the administration, the legal codes, all the things that have to be done. So essentially, Stuart, Vortex is the
2: administration arm for this entire service program as it's rolled out nationwide. So administering all the contracts, uh, coordinating all the parties, making sure everything's done, and collecting and distributing the, uh, the revenues. So it's, it's quite involved.
1: Very good. Well, Bob, as I understand it, you've had a number of open house demonstrations at your facility in Washington State to your local investors. Tell me a little bit about their response so far.
3: Yeah, we've had two open houses, but actually, anybody can come anytime they want to. Just give us a call and let us know they're coming. But two of them, uh, we've had uh, guests that we've invited, and they invited guests. One of the Interesting people that I met was an engineer from Boeing, who was right down the road from us. and He, he understood everything that we were doing. He was very impressed with it. And uh, he was saying, let him know how to get started, because he thinks it's going to go like wildfire. Then we had another gentleman come in. He came in in the evening with one of our locals, and he is an engineer from PUD. They are in the energy dis- distribution part of it, and he started telling me all the things I already knew, which really surprised me about the way power factor correction is handled nowadays to keep a balance to have the right amount of correction, or as much as they can without reaching a point of diminished returns. We get too much is worse than not enough. Explained our operation, and he watched the demo unit. He said, "This thing is crazy." But they come to work every every day trying to save a fraction of what we can save without even thinking about it. So he was very impressed.
1: Well, very good. Now, Bob, how do you get the public to fully understand the impact this technology will have?
3: Well, the only way that that can ever be measured and acknowledged would be with the with a pilot program, and we'd like to have a minimum of 35 units and as much as 100 units out or systems out working for a couple months, a couple uh, billing cycles, because that will that will let the utilities see how much they're saving in line congestion losses, and there's no way that they can figure that, but the the revenue won't go down, and Initially, they'll be able to see a difference on the meters at the facilities, at the end users facilities. That's only half the savings, which is substantial. That's, they're talking $8,500 a month on the uh, flagship unit. And there's at least that much more on line congestion losses.
1: Todd, let me get your take on that as well, and let me ask you it a little bit differently. It seems the public and investors might get caught up, even tripped up, in trying to understand the technology. Let's talk about that with you, Todd.
2: Yeah, that's usually when people's eyes start to glaze over as we try and explain what it does and how it does it. In reality, it's quite simple. I mean, I I think the technicals mean more to the engineers, uh, but it's really quite simple to understand. It's just the engineers have different names for the same thing. In in reality, when it comes to electricity, everything is watts or kilowatts or megawatts or gigawatts. You know, watts is a simple formula: it's volts times amps. So, kva or what they call kilovolt amperage is what—that's the name they give the amount of electricity they deliver to the facility, which it really just means volts times amps. The same thing. Kilowatt hours is what they measure at the meter as to what the kilowatts, you know, are consumed, what what's used, what's built for. And the engineers will argue that they're different in reality, they're still just both watts. Here here's how it really works. What is metered is always less than what is sent because of poor
3: consumption efficiency. Or poor power factor. Yeah, it has one more it has one more factor. Involved in the, in the math equation. volts times amp equal watts. Volts times amps times power factor, which is a percentage, the efficiency percentage. So it could be volts times amps times 0.8. And that's what the customer is built for. Yeah, and so that's what we're, that's the whole idea. That's how you
2: get between kilovolt amperage and kilowatt hours is you times the consumption efficiency. And because what we're saying is, the consumption efficiency matters, and we can improve it, which simply means what's sent. They have to supply less electricity um, for the same amount of, of power that's needed, and the same amount that's built. Um, so the engineers confuse things with their extra words, like for how they call that waste electricity. The difference between what they send and what they build. For
3: they call, it they, they call power. it they call it wattless power. They call it. Imaginary power is power that they, once it goes to a motor, then it becomes reactive. Once it gets to a motor, it becomes reactive. When it becomes reactive, it's not usable. It's, It's out of phase with everything else on Earth. So it goes through, consumes what it needs to do to work, and what it uses just for excess leverage is out of phase going the wrong direction, and that's what causes the language is as that bill comes out, like Bob was saying,
2: when when we have the PAS system in play, it'll show that compared to prior cycles, less electricity was delivered. Bob likes to tell people that, uh, you know, we recycle that wasted power. That's exactly how the technology works. I mean, it's it's power that the uh, utility was going to throw away anyway, so Bob makes use of it.
1: Well, let me ask you both this. We'll start with you, Bob. We've talked in the past with Todd uh, several times about the need for a pilot program. Perhaps you can elaborate a bit on the history of the utility industry that creates the need for the pilot program.
3: Wow. (laughs) You got a minute? (laughs) This has been a problem since about 1970 when they discovered that electric motors Draw more power than they consume. But then they couldn't figure out what happened to the power that wasn't consumed. They it goes back to the generator and causes collateral damage for the utility. So most of the damage to wear and generators is caused by the power going back the wrong direction. But wasn't used. generated, drawn, used, but wasn't consumed and went back to the utility. So we started working on this. Well, the family started working on this technology thirty years ago last month. And during that time, the utility and end users spent over a trillion dollars collectively trying to per- fix this problem, or learn to live with it, find out a happy medium for tariffs, etc., so that they, everybody could function. And uh, turn into a game of spy versus spy, where companies were taking advantage of opportunities and the utilities ended up thinking it was a scam and uh, created a lot of animosity, if you will, bad uh, stigma between the people trying to correct the problem and the utility. The good news is they're the ones who did it, not
2: us. Well, and so that's what happened in the industry is that when I say it's a market failure, the utility said, we know this is an issue, so we're simply going to charge a penalty to people who don't have the right efficiency. The problem was there wasn't a, a proper solution. So the, what Bob refers to as the companies that took advantage of it were the companies that traded the meters to meter everything. They, yeah. they knew how their meter worked. They knew when they could fire capacitance to make sure that the meter read properly and nobody got charged a penalty. This is where the trillion dollars were lost. Um, the problem was it never saved energy. At very best, it just changed where the losses occurred and pushed the loss back toward the utility. And worse, like Bob was saying, it created overcapacitance, which damaged the collateral of the utility. It blew up transformers um, and, and that kind of thing. And so the, the difference here is that the way Bob's system is designed, it's really designed with a blend of artificial intelligence and uh, machine learning that can essentially, like he's saying, it operates differently in a field, in the field, uh, so well, how much is needed needs to change on a cycle-by-cycle on a, <laughs> cycle basis, which is one sixtieth of a second, and, we, and, and the reason it took 30 years to develop is Bob knew how to do it. Bob and his family that developed this knew how to do it. They just had to wait for technology to become fast enough that it didn't require multiple computer systems uh, that weren't fast enough to, to be combined, or an engineer that was sitting on site. That, that's where we are now, is that we have a plug-and-play system, moves at the speed it needs to move at, to make the corrections that are necessary with perfection, instead of the, the hot-handed and you know, utility-collateral destructive way that uh, the old solution only changed losses, that where the losses occurred. This actually saves energy and I have one last question for Bob here, Stewart, and that is that the uh, it's something that Bob's brought up the other day. What did you tell me about in relation to renewable energy?
3: Oh, so 2016 renewable energy supplied I think 15 percent of total energy generated. That includes hydro as being renewable energy. Our system when Properly employed just not the entire thing, but just the flagship, which would be about a million units nationwide, would save twice as much power as what those generate. Now, also it would take it would take as much off the grid as they generate because that would reduce and that would reduce line congestion. Their budget is about a trillion dollars a year. Ours is zero. Yep. I, I think there's no
2: better way to say it, that uh, for for the amount of energy that this saves is double the amount that, that the renewables generated in 2016. Uh, theirs cost a trillion dollars, ours is free to the
3: utilities, um, and that's essentially how much they'll save, if you think about it. Plus, 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 plus they were taking up 30% of the space on the, on the grid. Yeah, because it was, 50, it was 15% of the power, so you double that for the amount of space on the grid that they took up. Could we be so, so bold, Bob, as to say that we are uh, energy efficiency for renewables? Yeah, I, I, w- I would say of all the fixes, our one fix is more than everything else combined. Of all, of all the things we've ever done to save energy, even, even the uh, automatic LED. lights that turn off. It's more than all of that combined,
2: thing. so in other words, we will save more energy than all the energy efficiency measures combined
3: you take any you take any five cities in California, and put our unit over place that goes, and we'll save them up power. four of them just fly the fifth. What's a good gun for it.
1: Well, listeners, once again, we are speaking with Vortex Brands Co. Vortex Green Energy is the DBA for the company, and the ticker symbol is VTXB. We've been speaking today with Bob Widener of TriPack Systems and the CEO of Vortex Brands Co. Todd Higley. I want to thank you all for your time. Be sure to check us out here at smallcapvoice.com so you can learn all you need to know about this company to keep you in the know with what's going on with them and keeping you up to date on what's coming out on the press wire for VTXB this is stewart smith saying thanks so much for listening
0: smallcapvoice.com today's leader in investor relations capital formation and retail support provides its clients with the highest level of service our audio interviews are disseminated to one of the largest opt-in audiences available today how? We at SmallCapVoice.com believe in aligning and affiliating ourselves with other leaders within the investor relations community. By sharing resources, each affiliated firm is made that much stronger and each client is served that much better. Our focus is to identify and provide the very best financial services and solutions available to clients and their shareholders. For more information about our services, please call us at 512. 512- or visit us on the web at www.smallcapvoice.com